You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Peters. Hey, I'm Anissa Foles. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Fergie Philippe. Hi, I'm Eliza Ullman. Hola, soy Florencia Cuenca. Y yo soy Jaime Lozano. Hi, this is El Morgan Lee. It's Alex Brightman from Broadway and beyond. Hi, this is Joe Iconis. And this is Lauren Marcus. Y estás escuchando. And you're listening to B-Way Show. B-Way Show. B-Way Show. The podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast. Your home for theater conversations from a passionate Broadway fan and reporter. I'm your host, Shoshana, and I want to start off by emphasizing Black Lives Matter, period. The show must go on. It's show time. Get it? <laughs> because I'm Beetlejuice and she's show. Anyway, B-Way show time. You know, the whole being a podcaster thing. Listen, or else. This week's guest is Amara Brady. Amara is a rock star and has had quite the month, from performing in Times Square with Songs for Our City, singing with Lauren Marcus at 54 Below, which I went to and it was incredible, and writing, filming, and producing, and starring in Ars Nova's Antfest 2021. Amara is celebrating Pride Month to the fullest, Here's our conversation from May 27th, 2020, recorded for my live YouTube series, The Show Must Go On, Line. Enjoy. And let's go. Go live. Going live. And I think we are good. I just give it a minute to kind of settle in. With that fun intro, hello everyone. Thanks for coming on The Show Must Go Online. Today's guest is Amara Brady. How are you doing today? Pretty okay. It's a sunny day in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, nice. Yes, out here, Washington State. It's actually, it's been so rainy and the weather's been like very up and down. And today I took our dog Slim out for a walk and it was sunny. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is nice. That's a welcome surprise from what little I know of Seattle, Washington. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's, uh, it is certainly, the weather's either like amazing and I am like, sorry, everyone, this is the best, or it's just nonstop rain. Or what I've realized the other day is it'll rain for like 10 minutes and then it'll be sunny. And then you'll be like, ooh, I'm going to go for a walk right now. And then it's like, psych, and then it starts raining again. All I know about it is Twilight, so there's that, kids. <laughs> that's my, that's the extent of my knowledge. It's Twilight. I know. Maybe I should read that again out here. I read that back in the day. It's been a minute, as the kids say. I really love vampires. I read all of Twilight, and then I read all of Vampire Diaries before it was a series. Oh, nice. Which do you like more? There was a character in Vampire Diaries named Amara. She dies very swiftly, but there was a character who had my name, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but I do love Robert Pattinson. I, he has a special place in my heart. I think he's so weird. I love him. <laughs> I know. And isn't he supposed to be Batman coming up? Yeah, he's just a long, weird white man. I'm into that. He was dating FKA Twigs for a period of time. I was like, okay. I You're here you. for that. Look, I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like, you know, your friends tease you a lot for like your dating, what they perceive to be your dating preferences and like who you find attractive, which 
is really just like hosier looking white men uh, most of the time. And I was like, I don't actually have a preference. I just love seeing black women in love and getting loved on. And it doesn't really matter to me what they look like. We just so we see black women in love so infrequently that I'm like, do the thing. You're doing okay. You're doing a thing. Great. Cool. Bye. You're treating her well. Great. Cool. Live your life. Rob Pattinson, who doesn't want to go to the gym. I support him. Right. Get on his back. I don't want to go to the gym. I do want to just lay on the couch here. I don't want to go to the gym. I have been dancing again, though, and that's been nice. Have you? Yeah, I took my college like ballet professor started offering Zoom classes. Ooh. So I took ballet Sunday and I was like, oh, it's just like college all over again. And most of the dance majors from my college were in this Zoom class. And I was like, really, truly, just like college all over again. Stress. Oh my God. Yeah. Carla Garcia, who's in Hamilton, has been doing mm-hmm. this like dancing thing. And I love to dance and am not very coordinated. So I will watch these videos and, and our dogs dancing along. It's it's a thing. I love Gallant Hooks. She does like a session every Sunday too. I think she's really cool. Ooh, cool to check it out. I guess when you're here in your own place, dancing like a fool, it don't matter. Who's watching? No, I did a whole like movement jam session to Hozier last week. I really love Hozier a lot. And it wasn't like I prepped for this or anything. It was very spontaneous, but I was like, who gonna stop me? Who gonna check me, boo? Nobody, because it's me by myself in my room. Yes, it's truly the like dance like nobody's watching because nobody's watching. I was like doing Dunham technique. I was like, I haven't done this since I was 16. Oh, I'm no longer 16 for those who are watching. Same. What a time. What a time to be an adult. Adult. What mm-hmm. is adulting? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Feel that. Feel that. And and for everyone watching at home, I see you. I see you, Lisa, commenting, hey. And also commented, yes, and I'm not sure if that was to like the dancing or the not going to the gym or like to how fine, you know, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> so just, yes. I love he hates his time in Twilight. It makes me really happy. Also, I forget sometimes that he was in Harry Potter for that one movie. Yeah, Cedric. Oh, show. Shorty is perfect and I can't deal with it. Yo. For real. And I feel like that's almost like a transition into more of what we'll be talking about. When I saw some of those tweets and then I, Harry Potter was like a thing for me, right? Like I played Quidditch for six years. I made a bunch of friends from it. I used to go to midnight releases, right? Like I love it because it all, it promotes love and acceptance. And then it turns out she's a hater. Guess like, I haven't read it in a few years, but I I don't know. No, it's not even that. It's just like, I don't know if you saw the meme. It was like, uh, there was one specific character. Who's the one who makes out with Ron at one point? She was Black, actually a character who was like canonically Black throughout the films, at least two of the movies. But then there comes the movie, whichever one is the one with uh, Crumb and all the other ones and the girls from the Flitty School. Yes, I don't fucking know. I don't watch it. I watched it once. But like, the girl that Ron ends up kissing uh, got that- recast as a white woman and she was black the other two films. And I was just like, Damn. hello, I'm frustrated. Nice to meet you. Damn. But it tracks. Like, it's all on brand. Yeah. Ugh, why? Why, oh, why? No, you said why, oh, why, oh, and I was like, did I move to Ohio? Like, Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I do that all the time. And people look at me like, Ohio, what? And I'm like, oh. I understand. You don't know theater. That's 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 real. Most people don't know theater. But I've been reading this book. It happens to be sitting next to me. And I think that this explains a lot of why people don't know theater. It's called How Not to Write a Play. It's by Walter Kerr. He's dead, so he's not paying me for this endorsement. (laughs) But he talks a lot about how the theater like changed to try and make itself more intellectual and in turn isolated a bunch of people which is a part of the crux of my artistry is like trying to get people back to the fucking theater yes yes and lisa says it was lavender brown thank you for that thank you lisa lisa knew what i was talking about yeah yeah you did damn why Mm -hmm. why you be doing that oh harry potter sorry for you it's called (laughs) anti-blackness Yes. And capitalism. Damn those two things. They're not great. They're not great. 
No, no. So let's let's dive deeper into that and talk about this amazing new YouTube series that you've been doing. Take it away. Yeah, um, maybe three weeks ago, we're on episode three. So three weeks ago, we launched a series uh, called Skinny and White Aren't Character Traits. In this paper, I'll explain. Um, It's with one of my good friends, Colby Frederick. We both went to the University of Oklahoma together. um, And we maintained that friendship for the last like five years at this point now. Don't do it. But also you can do it. I don't care. Um, I thought we like established that. that The bells play that song multiple times every day on campus. Oh no. But essentially what happened was two years ago, I was scrolling down Playbill as one does. And I came across a casting call for Greece. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit. Cause like Rizzo is one of my dream roles. I, I love her a lot. You can watch the episode if you'd like to know why. Thank and you. in the character description, it said that she was a thin white Italian. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm none of those things. <laughs> what do I do? Um, and so I like sat on this idea for a while. Cause like, I never want to be the person who's complaining about the thing, but there, I think that, I think that it is our responsibility to complain about the things until they get better. Um, and so we launched this series and we talk about a different musical each week. Um, and we talk about whether or not it's textually supported for these roles to be played by thin white people. Uh, most times it's not. In the case of Rizzo, it's just a character description that was placed at the top of the the libretto, but it never comes up in the actual text. Like no one comments on her being white, no one comments on her being thin, which we find is typically the case. And so the show is really like a call to action for people to just like widen their imaginations and like give space to people who are not thin and white because the world is not thin and white. <laughs> I've never seen it that way. No, and the world is wide enough. Why limit it? It really is. I think that it's very like unfortunate uh, in a lot of ways that we we can't see ourselves in these worlds. I remember when I first moved to the city, there was a casting director who came in uh, before my like before my showcase to let us practice and everything. And I had chosen to sing a uh, cabaret because I had just seen Brianna Parham do it in uh, The Prince of Broadway, and. I finished and he looked at me and he said, why did you choose that song? I would have the hardest time selling you in that role. And I cast it regionally a lot. And like, I remember being so disheartened and like second guessing myself. Cause I was, I'd, I'd been out of college for maybe two months by this point in time, maybe two months. I just moved to the city and to have somebody tell me that like, you can't do this thing because of the way you look, no. which was just reaffirming everything that I had experienced in college. I was just like, oh, maybe they were right. Maybe I'm fighting for the wrong things and maybe I shouldn't be here. And I think that that's like, I think that that's unfair. Similarly to what we were talking about earlier, you know, I got a comment that was <laughs> deleted almost instantaneously, but somebody was essentially like, you should, you don't belong in this world. Um, and it was another black person who said it. And she was just like, you don't belong in this world and you shouldn't be forcing yourself to fit in. And I'm like, that's just it. Black people are literally everywhere. And there's yeah. no reason why we can't be in the worlds of these shows. There are specific shows, right? Like Ragtime, I will not fight anybody on the race and ethnicity of characters in, the, in that show. That show is predicated on race in a way that so many of our shows are not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was talking with my father and he was like, so basically what you're saying is white people get to be human more frequently than we do. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're telling stories about humanity and the human experience. And when it doesn't depend on race, we need to like broaden our lens. We need to start looking outside of like white as being the default because it's not the default. And I get that that was like an issue. That was a thing that was happening. But especially as long as like these are the shows that we're producing, as long as we are consistently producing Grease, The Sound of Music, Legally Blonde, (sighs) Mamma Mia, the list goes on and on. As long as these are the shows that we're producing, we cannot limit it to white people. We cannot limit it to cis, skinny, white people. That's not a thing that we should do. What a poignant time to be talking about this with everything that's going on in the news right now. And these damn Karens. There's a group of them who like were protesting wearing masks in a grocery store. So they walked in and the people in the grocery store were like, hey, you can't be in here because you don't have masks. There's like five of them. So they stopped and they pulled off their underwear to wear their underwear on their face as masks no, in no, protest. No, it's a it's an Instagram account called Karen's Going Wild and it's over there. And I was just like, why are you don't do this? But again, I think it ties back to the fact that like so much 
so much of this is based in the fact that people don't see Black people as human. Um, and I think that that can totally be attributed to slavery and the fact that we're living in the aftermath of enslavement. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have so many thoughts as do you. And just like, even the idea of like these athletes and these actors, right? You see someone in a show, then if you saw them on the street and you didn't know who they were, like they are treated so differently. And you were just applauding that person. Or like- You talked to Carvins. Carvins had articles out about this. Like he wrote an entire book of poetry about this. So like, it's not anything new. And I think that I saw somebody- you know, um, we're having equity elections. And I believe that one of the people running for council was like, I'm running because I was in I was in a tour. And I went back to my hotel one night. And some people in the lobby used some very vile language towards me. I didn't say anything. I went to my room and I posted about it on Facebook and I was fired from my job. Excuse me? Exactly. And similarly, like, also, we've been talking a lot about how one of the people running for council has, like, had some very questionable tweets where he was like, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. And like, talks about, exactly. And talks about how, um, essentially how Black people shouldn't exist in specific worlds, like Thor. Um, He's a comic book aficionado. And he apologized. But like, I don't know. I don't know that your apology is enough to get me to vote for you. It's, I don't, it's not for me. It might be for somebody else, but I'm not that girl. I'm I'm not. I'm not. Um, So it's very, it's very interesting, disheartening, but also there's something very um, energizing about the fact that like so many of these things are coming to light. It makes me feel less alone in this fight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And in these conversations, but at the same time, there are so many people who like don't, see this as a problem and don't see this as a thing I can't I can't even imagine it's these like two extremes of like just letting black people breathe and be human and alive and then also like oh let's give them roles right like let's see some representation it's absurd that we're still even talking about either of those right now it's absurd that that's even a conversation because why don't people just see other people as human it's absurd I mean, part of me definitely feels a little stupid uh, for worrying about the theater amidst a global pandemic, but I'm still a part of that, like, minority that thinks that theater can change people's lives. (laughs) And it's definitely a chicken before the egg conversation for me because I do think that art infects people, right? It infects people with ideas and the way that they can respond and the way that like people exist in the world. And so we have this like massive responsibility that I think we're shirking right now. That I think we've been shirking for a while in terms of like broadening people's spectrums and horizons because like Netflix is fine and good. Netflix is good. Netflix does what it does. Film, TV, they do what it, they do. They make it do what it do. Um, I think that the responsibility of theater is that you have the opportunity to make this real for people. Yeah. They're literally in your face. Like mm-hmm. it's not recorded. They can't pause. They can leave if they want, but most times they won't. Right. And it's just like, you have this opportunity to say something, to do something. And, and, you know, we take about, we take the last like minute or minute and a half in, in the series that I've done to talk about the way it might deepen the work to allow a black woman mm-hmm. into this role. And um, I do it because I'm a black woman. And so like there's, yeah, there are so many layers to these things for other people, for people of different ethnicities, for people of, you know, people who are disabled, people who are differently abled, people who don't identify as cisgendered. All of these things are things that can deepen the work if we let it, especially right. because, again, if the text is about the human experience and it doesn't have anything to do with ethnic but you know it doesn't have anything to do with race at this period in time like we get a chance to deepen the story I think that's the beauty of like theater being a living breathing text and document yes yeah the two things that like first come to mind with that were both actually at the Delacorte theater last summer so Mm -hmm. first thinking about much ado about nothing right seeing these black fine folks like reading Shakespeare to me, it was just like, oh, wow, this is such, this is so much more interesting. Like this, I'm leaving this with this new, like, like I just to throw it out there. Like, I think Shakespeare can be cool, fine, whatever, nice, maybe, but like, I don't get jazzed up thinking about like, oh, let me see Shakespeare. But then seeing Much Ado, I was like, ooh, like, 
if this weren't already closing, I would easily see this again. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that as long as you know, it's so difficult, and we consistently mess up because we're human, and it's to be expected. But I think that what we have found in the last couple of years is that people are excited by the prospect of of something new, of like a story that we know taken in different forms and like being molded and shaped to fit that specific thing. I think, uh, you know, Anesh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's working on a Southeast Asian production, like zoom production of, uh, or zoom reading of much to do about nothing. And I'm, oh, super, yes, I saw that. That. I'm super excited to see that because mm-hmm. I've never seen a Southeast Asian, uh, Beatrice. What? Yeah. Please let me do it. What are we doing? Why? Yeah. A- Emma Thompson is great. Everybody ain't got to be Emma Thompson to get the point across. We can, we get to do this. Like, that's the whole point. If we're not going to have imagination, we shouldn't be doing theater. Right. Yeah. And, and the other one was seeing Jelani Aladdin and Hercules. Mm -hmm. Like what? I love to see it. I saw it a few times and just like seeing a black man portray Hercules this Disney, right? Like to have such a mainstream and now, especially with like, you know, the Little Mermaid, I don't understand. People get in arms about these things, but let me tell you, hearing his, I can go the distance. I'm like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the way things were. I mean, we, we always have to keep going forward. And I think that the thing that people grapple with is that they feel like they're losing something, that they feel like they're losing an opportunity to see themselves. And again, I think it relates back to lack of humanity. I keep going back to this because I think this is the crux of the thing. If yeah. you don't see black people as human, you can't relate yourself to them. Yeah. You can't relate them, yourself to like the characters that you see on stage. And so like the fight is that, that is the fight to get people to relate to black people in a way that they see black people as human and then are able to identify with essentially black people on stage that's the goal that's the that's the dream I think in a lot of ways unfortunately that's the dream that we're still working towards um Lisa and Ashley are commenting like back and forth being like yes like you are you are their favorite person I'm so happy you're on right now you are amazing we all know this favorite person it hurts my feelings when I'm not but not really sometimes it does (laughs) I feel like, okay, wait, we'll, we'll get back to this in a second, but I'm thinking about the first day we met and I'm pretty sure this is the first moment. Correct me if I'm wrong. My memory is not always the best, but I remember we were at Broadway buskers in Times Square and I, and you were wearing, you had this, like you had this flower, this floral like headband. And I was like, I need to talk to this person, but I don't think I actually like worked up the courage until I saw you at Joe's pub that night. night. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, and I saw you on the steps. I think I thought we met at like the flea market, but you're right. You're completely <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I don't remember when we saw at Joe's pub. I don't, Oh, it was bars. It was bars. Yes. Was Yo. Was um, yeah, I wear flowers in my hair frequently. Half the time I think I'm Billie Holiday. The other half, I think I'm Persephone. Ooh, would love to see that. I don't know. I really want to, did you, do you read Laura Olympus on Webtoons? No, but maybe I should. You should read it. It's really good. And it got picked up for an animated series. And I'm like, can I be the voice of Persephone, please? I'll be really good. She's a really cute little pink fairy goddess. <laughs> I just really love Persephone a lot. But I'm five, so I can't do it in Hades Town, even though I still haven't seen Hades Town yet. Damn it. I do, love, yeah. I do love me some Hades Town very much. I love, I love every, I, I, there are many things I love. There are many things I hate. There are also many things I love. That's one of the things I love. Yes. Yeah. I, a friend had brought me in previews and I'm like, I'm one of those theater um, and Greek mythology nerds that like, I, I took two classes on like classical mythology in college. Like, I was like, give me more. And oh my God, I've only, it's funny to think like, I've only seen it once because I understand like 
a lot of people haven't seen it at all. And there are many shows that I haven't seen yet, but I talk about Hades Town so mm-hmm. much and I listen to it so, so much, especially right now. Ooh, it, those lines hit so different. I don't listen to things before I go see them with the exception of Hamilton, because I think that there was a world where I was like, I'm never going to see Hamilton. So let me just go ahead and listen to it. Yeah. Um, I also just think Rachel Trofkin is brilliant. I think she's one of my favorite directors. Yes. I love her so much. Uh, I went to go see Moby Dick at ART. And Ooh, fuck yes. me. Fuck me. That was a good time. I was oh. in a boat. <laughs> yeah. I was in a boat. <laughs> they dragged me around the stage in a boat. It was wild. Oh, I really wanted to see that. Um, Morgan was in that. I saw Morgan Chabon. Morgan today. I love her. Big fan. Big fan. Um, and you know, I think now post pandemic, like there's so many things that have been, I've been thinking about, like priorities and things that I've done or haven't done that, like pre-pandemic I was so focused on certain aspects of like growing as a journalist and getting more into theater and like opportunities and you know because this is only now my like second year as B-Way show which as you know it takes a long time to get into the theater mix um I don't know why I said it that way but um you know there are so many shows that I've been really wanting to see and then there are other ones that are like easier like you could rush or whatever which that's like most I mostly just see rush or press ticket because those are great Mm -hmm. or you know if a friend has a plus one and I'm like I'll go please I'm in the city anyway but sometimes seeing those out of town are so cool and especially you know tell me about hard tickets are hard tickets are really hard and I think that like in the fight for accessibility this is this is this is a big part of it right yeah Um, when I went to ART I think I did I did I had to do standing room Mm because the only ticket that they had available was over a hundred dollars and I'm like y'all you're a regional theater what are we doing and how are you doing this and I think that like when I looked around the room it was very disheartening to see how few people of color there were um to just look around and like see the lack of diversity and I think that socioeconomic status and is a part of it but it's also just like if you don't create institutional buy-in for a community they're not going to spend hundreds of dollars to sit in your theater to have you preach at them they're just not that's not the way to go not saying that ART does that I truly don't know I went there once (laughs) I can't say shit about shit um but I think that I think that that's definitely a part of it is Slim coming in but yeah I think that I think that that's definitely a part of it I'm really I'm in a very blessed position to like get a lot of comp offers because of the work that I've done administratively um and also because I have really great friends who are like, I really want you to see this thing that I'm in. Can you come see it? Um, and I'm grateful for that. But it's also just like, I know how privileged I am to not, like I see over a hundred shows a year. And that's been that way since I moved about three years ago now. Um, and most of the times I don't pay for those shows. Yeah, I know. And it's it's tough also to pay for a show when you, if you have a different show you could see for free, right? Like if there's like, I could see this show, which a lot of people are saying I should, but also there's like this, maybe like an off-Broadway show. Look, some of my favorite work last year was Mm off-Broadway, like, and way more diverse, I might add. (laughs) No, but I mean, I think most of the things that I go see are off-Broadway. Most of the things that I pay for are by Black people. It's just mm-hmm. the way that my yeah. world works. I know that I have limited funding, and so I am much re- Like, I remember one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen, it was, I think it was my first year, was Sinking Ink. Sinking mm-hmm. Ink is a beautiful fucking show. It's wow. ridiculous, and it's it's brilliant. Um, and I paid to see it twice. I don't yeah. go see shows more than once. <laughs> because I don't have the time. I just, I don't think that I can, most times I don't think that I can sacrifice my time. Um, but I wanted to see that show twice. And it ends with like a fucking cypher, like a live cypher. Wow. It's so uh, good. It's so good. 
Wow. I, I'm going to have to check that out. Is there anything on YouTube? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. They had a concert at Joe's Pub, I think, 2018. Don't quote me. Carrie Young is in it. Uh, I can't, I don't want to mispronounce his name. Songu wrote it. Um, a bunch of other people, brilliant people, were just like DJ. So Check good. it out, yo. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I I also feel like this year I've gotten into like Joe's Pub and other type of sh shows like that more, which I never growing up, like I grew up in New York, but I really only knew about like Broadway, right? Like I saw 13 the musical and Wicked and, you know, like whatever I could get a student rush for. Basically, like that's how I saw shows. Whatever had a student rush or a normal rush, um, my friends and I would go like box office to box office and be like, do you got anything today? Nope. Okay. Bye. And then we'd like, oh, spring awakening. Thanks. Like that was, yeah. that was like how I did things. And now it's so cool to see the larger aspects of the theater community. My dad is from Long Island. And so I used to spend my summers there. Um, but I didn't see my first like Broadway show until I was about 14. I think that sounds right. And the first two I saw were Memphis and Sister Act. And I was forever changed. Um, and then like every, I think I started coming in more consistently when I got to college because nobody could stop me. It was like, oh, Amara is going to spend her spring break in New York City staying at a hostel. Sounds on brand. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that like when I turned 21, I wanted my first show to be once, but they closed January of the year I turned 21. No. So instead I ended up going to see the revival of Cabaret uh, with Alan Cummings and Danny Burstein who kissed my cheek and was like, it's your birthday, you deserve a kiss on the cheek. And it was like a really sweet moment. Yeah. And I think that there was also a year where I came to the first Broadway con and that was the year of the snowstorm. So I got I stuck here. And I saw, I ended up seeing Closing Night of uh, Death Awakening. <gasps> oh, I'm so jealous. I also saw Allegiance, that trip. I can't remember what else I saw, but I remember those being formative. And then like my grandmother, I was talking to her about going to New York, I think the year I went to Broadway Con and she was like, I want to go see Gin Game. So we're going to go see Gin Game. So we bought like tickets to we bought plane tickets because I'm from Chicago. So we bought plane tickets from Chicago to New York and we went to go see James Earl Jones and Cicely Tyson in Gin Game. I think that was the trip I met Kenny Leon. He was like sitting in a European cafe. This was when he was working on Smart People by Lydia Diamond um, with like Tessa Thompson and all those people. And he sat there and he like talked to us for an hour and like gave some really insightful stuff. I, I have like, Oh, I moved. Um, <laughs> I normally have papers everywhere. I keep all of the letters that people write me, all of like the thank you letters and everything. But I also have a sheet of paper that has like quotes that uh, I think are formative to me. Mm. And on it, I wrote some of the things that he told me. Um, and then like I came back a week later and I met Lydia Diamond and him on the street. And it was great. All of those things. So like it, I, I agree that like my whole thing started with Broadway. And in a lot of ways, it felt like it was, it felt like, either community theater or Broadway because I was in the community theater at home <laughs> and then I saw Broadway. Those um, are the two extremes, right? Those are the two extremes. Those, those are the only two theaters that exist, right? Oh, but yes. to your point, yeah, I think that, I don't know that I would say that off-Broadway is more diverse. I don't know that I believe that to be true because I've seen the way it actually works now. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're on a different uh, side of it than me, for sure. I mean, and we've we've talked a lot about the way I don't know if accessibility is the right word here but we've talked a lot about how specific theaters will do um shows written by uh, by people of color by um non-cisgendered people by disabled people on like their secondary stage and not their main stage because they don't think that those writers will sell out their main stage and how like how almost gaslighting that is yeah yeah it's like we're gonna give you this thing but we're not gonna give you the support that you believe that you should have and we're gonna tell you that we're doing this thing because it looks like we're doing this thing um instead of actually doing the thing yeah but to your point about like joe's pub i think that 
the public is has like been such a large has become such a large part of my cultural site guys just because uh I didn't learn about Joe Papp in school I never did but I remember Hamilton um one of my professors had worked at the public before she moved back to Oklahoma and became a, a teacher there she is this brilliant scenic designer just really really brilliant really gorgeous yeah. work um and she told me about the public and we talked about the public because of Hamilton. Mm. Um, and then I went to the city and she was like, let me know when you're going and I can get you in to the public to see Hamilton. And I was too embarrassed. So I never asked her. No! It's one of my like, biggest regrets in life. Except, <laughs> except I didn't buck up and say like, I want to go see, I'm going for my birthday. Can you give me, I was like, I'll go see it by myself. And then you get, the, I almost paid $400 for a ticket on my credit card when I was in town once. It was back when the OBC was still there, but it would have been for Javier. I'm pretty sure if Lynn was it, I would have paid the $400, but God said no, which was great. Um, but, oh. um, <laughs> my heart I, right now. <laughs> the first show I ever saw at the public was the Total Bent, which, um, oh, that fucking show is so good. <laughs> Stu, and Heidi and the Negro problem. My heart. Yeah. They're brilliant. Uh, if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen Passing Strange, they wrote that show. I so haven't seen it, but I'm, yeah. Just watch it. Okay. Just watch it. Just, just watch it. Oh, okay. 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 It's just really good. Um, you. I don't say that a lot about many things, but Passing Strange is really good. It's really brilliant. Um, and Total Bent is, is like not the same show at all, but it's that similar, like on stage live band, Sue mm. acts as narrator, um, Atu Blank, Atu was in it. Oh my God. And it was my first show I'd ever seen at the public and I rushed it and I got a $30 ticket and, um, I went in the audience and the house wasn't sold out. And so if you know the public's policy, they'll move you forward if there are seats available. Um, I didn't know so, that, but thank you. That's genius. Joseph Papp. I love Joseph Papp. I don't love him. I love Joseph Papp. <laughs> um, but they moved me for, forward and I looked around and I noticed that like, literally it was me. There was a young black man who looked about my age and then there was a group of five black people. That was it. Those were the black people in the audience. And it's a show about black music. It's a show about like civil rights era music. And so it was very like eye-opening for me to be in that space immediately. And then Atu picked me out of the crowd to be the Sunday morning debutante. And I like shook a little something. I like twerked a little something. And and I kind of just realized that like that was, that I thought the public was magic. A year later, I graduated and I was coming to the city for this program with the American Theater Wing called Springboard NYC, which was great. I loved it a lot. I got to see a lot of shows. They took us to like 15 shows in two weeks and we went to the Tonys. And I've gone to the Tonys every year since because of them. And <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Lindsay Mendez's Tony acceptance speech because I'm sitting in the area. Oh um, my God, I have to check it out. Um, But... What a wild time. But a week before I left for there, uh, I got a call and somebody said, you know, the public needs an intern. Do you want to apply? And I was like, I did jail. And so I did. And I got that internship and I've like worked on and off with the public for a long time. But like my first day there was June 19th, the day that the last enslaved people got word that the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed. And so uh, I think... I think Toshi Reagan was performing in the pub. Somebody was performing. Somebody black and amazing was performing in the pub and they got me tickets to go on my first day of work there. And so I immediately became a fan of Joe's pub because of that. And so then like uh, Stu and Heidi had a residency this year and I went to a couple of those. And then also um, the bar sessions, which recently got moved over there. Oh, my God. just like, it's just so much brilliant stuff happening at the pub. And they, they go like almost, the entire year like they have performances literally I think almost 365 days I think it's something like 362 like they take off three days oh my god brilliant. So bars bars was I, I don't even know the words for it because it was so cool it was I'd seen about it 
And I guess it was like sold out. There was some reason that I saw that, but I like couldn't get tickets. And then I was at Broadway Buskers and I saw a tweet from Rafa that was like, if you can get to Joe's Pub in like an hour, I, you know, DM me your name. And so I was like, I can. And so I like messaged him and then like a friend came. We were there with Sarah Kay was at our table. It was just like, you know, it was a thing, right? It was, it was crazy. And to see David and Rafa and Sarah pay it forward with these amazing, amazing people. It was so great. David is such a good egg. Uh, We met at a concert in Oklahoma City. (laughs) Really? Clipping was performing and I I got into I got into a really bad car accident um my senior year. And so a 18-wheeler like knocked me off of a highway into a ditch. So I didn't have I'm a car. Glad you're alive. I am too. I walked away with literally I just had a burn across my chest where the seatbelt was. But I was like, I don't know how we get into Oklahoma City, but I need to go because clipping is performing. <laughs> and so we went and then it was like we danced and then it was like us and maybe I feel like 30 people stood around waiting on him and he came out and he took pictures with all of us and we introduced ourselves to each other and I was like I'm gonna be in New York I'm gonna move I'm gonna see you and he's like oh really and I was like yeah and then you know once I was back in the city and everything I was at the public nonstop because intern life yeah $25 a day y'all that practice has thankfully stopped but still and we talked and he was like, oh yeah, I remember you. I don't know why I remember you, but yeah, I remember you. And that was great. And I think that he's a really good human. And I think that Bars is a really amazing program. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see if they transition at all online because I think it'll be sad that it's gone. But yeah. it is very much like a in the in the space type of thing. I think they curate some really brilliant people. I love Aria. If you know Pigpen Theater Co., he was in the cohort like three years ago. I think that his work is really brilliant. Carvins, of course, came through bars. I think my friend Ashley August was either like in his cohort or a year before, mm. and she's really brilliant. Um, I think I think really highly of that program. Yeah, yeah. We were my boyfriend and I were supposed to see David for clipping, and then it got canceled because of COVID. And I was so sad because I was really looking forward to it. And I, you know, it's I have I met him after the Joseph Pat free preview of White Noise. Mm-hmm. Okay, Slim. <laughs> you okay, bud? <laughs> you could hear that, right? I didn't, but I support you, whatever happened. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> like snorting almost, like not like not sneezing, but like. He just like looked, he was like doing it as he was staring into my soul. And I'm like, Blim, I want to support you and help you out. Anyway, (laughs) I saw David, um, fun story. So we went to um, like the Joseph Pat free preview of White Noise, which was amazing. And I love that, that program. And I didn't know this, but they were like, oh, by the way, like we'll have pizza and drinks upstairs. So it was like, Oh, oh, okay. So we went upstairs and David has a slice of pizza and we're just chatting with him like as he's eating pizza. And I'm like, this is so casual, guys. Guys, we're we're chatting with David and he's eating pizza. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. I love free previews. Yeah, they give you pizza and beer. It's a really well, good time. It's really you sweet. get free theater, free pizza, and free beer. Hello. It's great, yeah. great time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, okay, this, this hour is almost going so, so fast. And there are two things like that I wanted to specifically talk about and I was going to, or mm, I wanted to talk about how you got into like the Joe Iconiston family. Cause I've seen oh, you a okay. bunch there. So, so go with that. <laughs> um, I met Joe when I was about 21, 22, uh, that same summer that I went to the public for the first time. It was a big summer for me. I went to a program at Juilliard for a week called Artists Driving to Impoverty with Mary Mitchell Campbell. They had that big Sondheim concert a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, and I I really, I've, I've always been dedicated to figuring out ways to tie my artistry to advocacy. And that seemed like a good place to start. Yeah. Um, and I had some really brilliant folks there, some really brilliant work they're doing. And uh, I did that for a week. And then I went to Barrington Stage Company for three months. Wow. And um, while there you go, and then they decided what show they were going to assign you to. And I got assigned to Joe's show. And I got to understudy Badia Farah. And um, so I learned her stuff. And I like did, so, like, I remember it, it wasn't frequent because, like, one, Badia is brilliant and never gets sick. Oh but also, God. like, Everybody was so on top of their shit. I got to do, I think I got to do scenes with Annie and Alan once. And it was because Bidia had a costume fitting and they were on her scene. And I have, I was like, okay, okay, ho, we gotta go. We gotta go. Basically. And I remember being so excited because I think I maybe I wasn't off book, but I think I was off book. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I was off book because of who I was as Let's a person just say. at the time. It's a different day. It's a different day in time. Um, but I met Joe there. Uh, we talked about it because like I saw him on the street the morning he and Jason and Lance all arrived and I was like too embarrassed to introduce myself because I was just like I know it's gonna happen I know that I'm working on a show and so like did an awkward smile past him and then like that night was opening night of um the Pirates of Penzance revival which starred Will Swenson oh my god he's so He's so talented and attractive. I love him and Godra McDonald. I, I met Godra that summer. I call her Godra McDonald. I met her that summer. Ooh. Somebody gave me free tickets to their show on Martha's Vineyard. I had to like figure out how to get the fuck to Martha. I don't know. You get there. I, I didn't know you had to take a ferry. I didn't realize it was an island. I was very stressed out about it. But I stayed in a hostel, took a ferry. I didn't have any money because I also was still paying for my apartment in Oklahoma. I also, like, it was definitely one of those situations where you had to pay for your time that summer. You had to pay, essentially pay for your living arrangements. Right. Um, And I was on scholarship. I also was on work study. I also took extra jobs just to make sure I had gas money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's who I am as a person. And like, you know, it was definitely a, it was a difficult summer to say the least. Because I think that I also, I know the comparison is a thief of joy, but I was like, the rest of these kids don't have to do this. There were only two. I think there were two of us on work study, and I was like, mm. I hate it. I hate it a lot. But I think that like it made me stronger. It yeah. was also how I met Audrey McDonald. It was because I was at my bar on work study, and she happened to come up to me and order three bottles of water and a diet coke. I remember. Don't ask me why. She gave me a dollar. I saved the dollar, <laughs> and then I asked her for an autograph, and she signed it. She was like, "This is something I would do. I love that shit." And it's framed. It's at my parents' house in Chicago until I like find a stable a stable place to move yes. into New York. But it's there. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, Joe and I talked that night at the party <laughs> he was like I thought you were making fun of me on the street this morning <laughs> and and we like had we like talked for a little while and then we were like okay I like you cool okay bye um and that was that was the end of that and oh I've been God. friends with Joe ever since um I met Lauren that same summer I started singing back up for her when I moved to the city so I graduated in 2017 um and then did Christmas show 2017, did Christmas show 2018. So much fun. Did Jamboree, my first Jamboree last year, which was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, if y'all haven't been to the Joe Iconis Christmas extravaganza, I think I said it right. Um, it is so much fun. Uh, oh my God. And you were like right there. And that's where, that's where the cover photo photo is from the cover yeah. photo picture. Uh, and oh my God. And that time we almost missed the last train back to New York from love and hate nation opening night, running for the train with the equipment. Oh, we gotta go. And I think I was interviewing Lauren last, if I remember correctly. Like I had interviewed basically everyone and Lauren is such a sweetheart and was like, oh yeah, I can do it. And it was like, you get one question and then we got to run. Oh my God. I was like, look, y'all, I can't be stranded here. We all can't sleep on Joe's floor. Like, <laughs> no, I know. We can't do it. Oh my it's God. Possible. That was bonkers. Okay. So that was fun. And now I would like to hear you sing for us, please. Okay. Um, it's gonna be the song. Please don't break your instrument. We won't talk about it. She's already mad at me. I bought a guitar at the top of pandemic and I also have a keyboard and I also have like a banjo and a violin and a kalimba. And so I don't play her as much as I used to when she was my only instrument. And so she, she feels neglected. She does. She definitely does. But this song is called Asking for the Moon. It's not in a musical. It's a standalone piece uh, that I wrote for a commission by Ring of Keys for their Queering the Canon concert. It's inspired by 110 in the Shade and the, the story of uh, the lesbian couple who ended up getting us marriage equality. Uh, you can't see this because she's on my thigh, but it's here. I'm playing a thing. All right, I'll see you on the other side of this. I want what I think most people want. I want what they're scared to ask for. I want to live on the other side of fear. Don't listen to that. Just listen to me. you see maybe I'm asking for the moon but I want to be seen by you and I want to be seen with you I want to be held in arms and want to hold me down a little stability now Call you my partner to be a part of your life. A garden to ten racing kids with my best friend. And maybe I'm asking for the moon. But maybe that's what you do when you want love. something to look forward to. I want to give you the gift of growing old with you. Oh, I want to keep dancing too. I know I'm not asking for the moon. I'm just asking for the things that I couldn't afford not to. I don't want to march for things we should already have the rights to. I just want to spend my life loving you. I don't want to ask for the moon. I just want to love you. Love you. It is my right to love you. That's it. Yay! Hey. Amazing. Oh, 
Your voice is so angelic. You're so nice. I just speak the truth. Well, we were talking about it because uh, I think that like this is weird. But my my like songwriting debut was at Joe's Pub. Oh yeah, uh, it was the reclaiming our time concert for Musical Theater Factory when Morgan Morgan and I sang the song that I wrote. Yes. Uh, called melancholy song yeah. yeah i saw that on youtube yeah i was i was going through your v- videos it was so great i love it i love that song i'm really excited about finishing that show um because it's called the wickedness of men i love songs for the end of the world it's about a queer black woman who's chosen to carry the second coming of the christ child and defies god and tells him hell no yeah. yo it's a time give that to us <laughs> uh, the money to write it i will yes please pay we me. need that pay me <laughs> yes pay our artists you got the theater for the money no how we gonna pay how we gonna pay how we gonna pay thank you how we gonna pay Last year's rent, next year's rent, this year's rent, all the rents. <laughs> true, true, speak the truth. Uh, Lisa is saying, oof, this hits deep. Ashley is like, this is gorgeous, all in oh, caps. Thank you. You are, you are feeling the love. You are giving it out. You're giving it back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Wow. This was amazing. I feel like, you know, sometimes I write down like all of these notes of like, oh, well, if I can't think of what to talk about, here's like a backup or if we can't. And then this is like, oh, it is 56 right now. This is amazing. Show I talk a lot. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. We started hey. talking about Harry Potter and we double back a couple of times. <laughs> sure, that wasn't on your list to talk about. Nope, nope. But I just see, I go with the flow. Show goes with the flow. Thank you, show with the flow. Anytime, anytime. So um, are there any nonprofits that you would like to talk about? Yeah, I can do that. Um, so the one that I work for right now is called the Freelance Artist Resources page. It's a website that is um, essentially populated this website with a bunch of resources, uh, emergency grant applications, um, health and wellness tools, all of these things, in addition to a partnership with HowlRound, um, where we did about six live streams, some of which included, uh, you know, creating space for Asian American Pacific Islander community in a time of uh, uptick in racist, racism and racist acts towards them. Right. Um, also, like, revering the people who have been doing the work that we're now transitioning to, people from the disabled community, leaders in that world, uh, like Claudia Alec, who's a brilliant producer um, and accessibility coordinator, an artist overall. Um, She's launching We Charge Genocide TV. uh, I think June 19th is when when the website launches. And essentially it's a, it's a archivist type of take on uh, asking people to create art around the genocide that America has wrought on black and indigenous people of color throughout history. Um, So there's that, there are those two things. Uh, There's also, I feel like it's important to talk about the Green Theater Initiative, Mm -hmm. uh, which has a space on HowlRound and TCG, I think on June 3rd, I feel like June 3rd is correct. Uh, There's also a document I've been sharing around about uh, No Going Back, which is essentially a guide for artists on how to um, develop collectivism in your community and how to change the world that we're going to be living in uh, following the pandemic, which is incredibly important. Um, Yeah, those are the places I would love to uplift. I think that arts administrators of color are taking donations if you want to give there. I have a Patreon if you'd like to donate there. That's not a nonprofit yet. Give me give me about a year. I need to figure some things out. Where, where can uh, they find you on that? Self-promote, self-promote. It's literally, if you go to my YouTube channel, there's a link. Click the link. My YouTube channel is Unsolicited Productions, um, which is essentially what we're moving towards. It's a production company owned and operated by artists who get to take part in 
the profit sharing of their art, which I think is really important. Yeah. Amazing. Yay. Wow. So cool. And I'll tag you in this video. When I, when I end the live stream, I can go back in and like edit and tag. So I'll do that. So it's easy for everyone to get to. Thank you. And yes, yes. Thank you. And I will self promote for a second here. So we have the B-Way Show Patreon account and we call ourselves Showtreons. It is so much fun. We have this amazing community. Last night we had our first live video where we all just like chatted about anything and everything. And it's just like, a, you know, these people have been supporting me through this B-Way Show journey. And it's like, well, how can we all help each other and just build a community of support? So that's been amazing. Also, if y'all want to hit that subscribe button for BYA Show, that would be pretty cool. And stay tuned for all the videos for The Show Must Go Online. Tomorrow, we've got Kayla and Mark, we've the beatboxing duo. Then on Thursday is Sis. You can call me Sis online. Brilliant, brilliant, so funny. And then Friday is Alexandra Silver. So there are just so many people lined up and then next week and the week after basically all throughout quarantine this will be your source for interviews and we're going to make them as diverse and unique as possible and talk about whatever right just talk about life and it's so much fun and is there anything else that you want to make sure people keep an eye out for you on like with social media and everything uh i mean i would love it if you subscribe to my youtube channel I also want to uplift a couple of other spaces that I should just talk, talk about. So Ring of Keys is an organization for um, LGBTQ folks and specifically uh, gender non-conforming people in the arts, uh, making space for those folks. If you have money and resources to give, give to them. Maestra also needs the resources. Uh, both of those groups have been doing a lot of um, community outreach in the form of workshops. Um, so if you need those, you should do that. Uh, Maestra has them on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they're open to people who are not members. Um, also, Jen Waldman Studios is one of my favorite places to take mm -hmm. acting classes. And I will be leading a workshop on the week of June 12th um, <laughs> to talk about the power that artists have and what we give up when we don't look towards collectivism. Mm -hmm. um, is that all the things? And then... Just once again, this video series you're doing might be a good time to oh, promote. Yeah, please tune in to uh, Skinny and White Earned Character Traits in this paper, I'll explain. We actually have one more episode for this season um, and I'm really excited about it because it's going to be like a pretty big one. Yeah, ooh, ooh, I'm so excited. Yes, and there are three episodes out now. Y'all can yeah. check out Boom, Boom, Boom. They are amazing. It's so great what you're doing and just like, People, you know, Lisa said, thank you so much for this. What a gorgeous soul. I agree. So nice. Yeah, That's so why nice. I was like, have to have you on. We see each other thank everywhere. And I enjoy, I enjoy you so much. And thank we you. We'll see you in real life again, kid. Yes. I miss you. <laughs> that was my color purple shout out. I love the color purple. Oh, oh, I wish I could have seen it. There are, there, quick side note, I, there are so many musicals in like that time span where I was either at Maryland for college or being a reporter in West Texas. And yeah. I just missed a lot, you know? I mean, I saw the, I didn't want to see it. That's what's wild. Because um, I had seen the original production before. Like I saw the touring version. I was like, oh, this ain't for me and I don't like it. Yeah. And then I saw it and I wept. And I was like, I... <laughs> And Kyle Scatliff looked at me from the stage and then there was a whole, like, I was, I felt so seen because somebody actually saw me and I was in the balcony and it didn't make any sense. Um, Ooh, that's amazing. But yeah, I like him too. He's a good egg. He's a good human. Walked yes. up to him on the street too. Don't do, don't be me, kids. Don't creep people out. Don't do it. Do just, something just, different. Just smile and wave. Smile and wave. <laughs> smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. And on that, goodbye. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the 25th episode of B-Way Show, the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. 
Happy Pride Month, my friends! If you want to hear Amara's beautiful performance of Asking for the Moon, head over to B-Way Show YouTube. Thanks to all the show trans and special shout out to the showstopper and show nanigans levels. Lisa Michelle Martine O'Neill, John Benson, Cindy Howard, Andy Gilderhus, Teresa Piliero, Julie Larkin, Shannon Wheeler, Eva fink Clausen, Judy Kotner, Naomi Kotner, Alyssa Wallace, and Ashley Sazak. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtron. Head over to patreon.com slash bwayshow. We do weekly trivia and monthly video chats. It's a fun time. Come check it out. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, aka Geddon, for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, Alex Brightman for the Showtime promo, Chelsea Hill, aka Illustrating Diva, for the cool cover art, all the wonderful guests, and all of you for listening. I hope you're having a fabulous pride. Broadway shows are announcing their new opening dates. While we're excited to see everyone get back to work, we must stay vigilant in our calls to make theater a safe space for everyone involved. We need reports on how companies will be enacting anti-racist, anti-transphobia, anti-ableism, and anti-abuse work. We can't go back. We must move forward. Get your vaccine, wear a mask, be safe, and let's take care of ourselves. We'll see you at the show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.